Dr. Deborah Smith be our guest preacher today. She is our DS. She is a wonderful woman. She is a follower of Jesus. And we are so thankful for, for her presence today and for the presence of her husband and family. We welcome you to Emmanuel and, and we hope you will come back and worship with us. So Deborah, thank you. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Good morning, brothers and sisters. An absolutely wonderful day to be here in the presence of the Lord. As Linda said, my family is sitting right here, the second row. And I tell you that because if you say something they don't like, you may have all those eyes on you, so they're right there. <laughs> Please prepare your hearts and minds um, with the reading of our scripture. It is taken from the Old Testament, words shared by the prophet Isaiah. Hear now the word. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy with justice. He will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will be will lie down with the goat the calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them the cow will feed with the bear their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox the infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand in the viper's nest, they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord and the waters cover the sea. In that day, in that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples the nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for the children of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. Most holy, loving God, Lord, right now we pause in the midst of this day. Some of us are a little rushed, maybe a little tired or a little anxious. So Lord, just take all of that away and put it over beside that old rugged cross. And Lord, I ask that you empty this vessel of Deborah, Lord, then come back and fill it up with all of your power, your might, and your glory, so that everything that is said here today will be all of you and just none of me. 
So let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. For you, O Lord, are our strength and our redeemer. And all of those who love the Lord say, Amen. Amen. Here we are in the second week of Advent. Here we are in the second week of trying to prepare for Christmas. Here we are running around trying to see if we could get the best gifts and the best deals that there are. Here we are rushed. I'm sure we have a lot of stories that maybe we've shared along the way. A lot of memories right now. I want to share one of my stories with you this morning as we begin. One of my favorite stories involved Peanuts, the cartoon. And Peanuts has Lucy coming to Charlie Brown and saying, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. Since it's this time of year, I think we ought to bury past differences and try to be kind. Charlie Brown asked, why does it just have to be this time of the season? Why can't it all be like this all year long? Lucy looks at him and she shouts out sarcastically, what are you, some kind of fanatic? <laughs> so here's a backstory to this. See, Lucy has a score to settle with Charlie Brown, and she wants to get on with it. So she starts chasing him and shouting, I'll get you, Charlie Brown, I'll get you, and I'm gonna knock your block off. Charlie Brown, who's been running full speed, trying to get away from Lucy, stops, turns, and says, wait a minute, hold everything. We can't carry on like this. We have no right to act this way. The world is filled with problems, people hurting people, people not understanding other people. Now, if we as children can't solve what are relatively minor problems, how can we ever expect to, and with that word, and Charlie Brown in the middle of his sentence, Lucy hits him, gave a left to the left jaw, knocking him out. Lucy said, I had to hit him quick. He's beginning to make a lot of good sense. <laughs> Is that what we do? When people start making good sense about other people and the way we treat them, do we try to get them to just shut up and stop talking? See, our theme for this Advent season, this second Sunday, is peace. More specifically, peaceful joy. And I think you've heard Kevin and you've heard Linda talk about peaceful joy. It comes from the inside of our soul and our hearts. But how can we achieve that peaceful joy? Is there anybody sitting in here right now who's at complete peace? And then you have that peaceful joy. See, I believe the prophet Isaiah helps us to answer the question, how can we achieve peaceful joy? Because these words in our scripture brings Isaiah's message from the Lord that we need to hear even right now, even today, on the second Sunday of Advent. You see, Isaiah, this ancient prophet, was called upon to be God's message bearer to a people 
who had lived in despair, who had lived with misery, who had lived in captivity with Babylon, in Babylon. You see, the Hebrews were a despised people. Nobody liked them. They were despised, displaced persons who lived in a world that actually had been turned upside down and they had to wonder from day to day, how did this happen? You see, their daily lives were filled with injustice and conflict. There was little in which they could take courage. So you might say they could not get peace. But Isaiah was chosen by God to bring a message of good news and the, prop, and the prophet's vision may well be the same message that we all need to hear today. Is there anybody among us who need to hear some good news? I'm always down for good news. He wanted to give some good news. But let's begin this morning with you thinking about this question. We have to be honest with ourselves right now. Honest with ourselves and honest by acknowledging the fact that we cannot ever, cannot ever offer peace to others if we do not have peace within ourselves. I'll repeat it one more time because I don't want you to miss it. We need to acknowledge the fact that we cannot offer peace to others if we do not have peace within ourselves. In other words, you can't be running around and you're full of Hades. Is it okay to say hell in this church? Okay. <laughs> if you're full of hell and you're trying to offer somebody peace, not only is it awkward, it is deceitful. You see, as Thomas Merton has written, we are not at peace with others because we are not at peace with ourselves. I suppose that's true. How many times have you gone in and you think to yourself automatically, I'm not feeling up to Deborah, Linda, Kevin today because I just got up wrong. I don't feel like being bothered. I might tell them what I really think. I know nobody, I may do that sometimes. <laughs> but then I got to looking at what Isaiah said. And I thought about the fact that we all have animal instincts on the inside of us. We may not own it, but we do. So I looked at what Isaiah had put out there and thought maybe this is the time we need to own the beast that's within us. You see, I believe with my holy imagination. There's a tiger within you and me. That tiger that wants to snarl and growl and almost pounce at people who are on the other side of our political views and our ideological thinking. We snarl at them. Then what about some of us carry around this wolf you know, this wolf within us that continues to scratch and opens up, reopens up old wounds and past failures, even within our own households, just to make sure that even those nearest to us know we haven't forgotten your failures. We have not forgotten what you've done. And we say you may be forgiven, 
but not forgotten. That's the wolf. Then we have this cobra. The cobra within us that lies in wait for people. Lies in wait for people who are just different from us and they're sneaky, they slither along and you don't know that they're there because they're hidden. But the cobra lies in wait for people who are different from us so that the cobra and us, we can catch them. Fulfilling our stereotypical thinking. Fulfilling our prejudices that we already have in our hearts about them. And then when they fulfill that, it affirms and perpetuates the disdain that I have for certain people only because they're different. I know we don't have any cobras in here. Then we have this bear. You see, we have a bear within us that gives other people only one chance. They don't even know they have one chance, but you're the bear inside and you know, okay, this is your one chance. We give people only one chance to disappoint us. And if they do, we reject them forever. forever. We don't want to be bothered with them because we're going to always go back and say, you remember that time. This is our struggle, church. This is our struggle in the midst of this message today. We have those things lurking inside, and on any given day, one of those beasts can surface. And this struggle forces us through that lens to see our world for what it has become in its brokenness and sinfulness and the role each of us plays in it. Neither one is exempt. So... I know. Yeah, Christmas is coming. We're excited. We got our decorations. We've done some Christmas shopping, making plans. But we're in the midst of the second Sunday of Advent. Brokenness in the world? Think about this. In Central America, the destroying, the killing, and the oppressions are daily facts of life. Christmas is coming. But we're in the second Sunday of Advent. What about those who are still trying to cross the borders, who are living in squalor and being treated less than human? Christmas is coming. But you know what? As we are doing our churches and our houses, every fabric, every part of the fabric of our society is threatened by the realities that we may call drug wars, that we may call drug lords, that we may also refer to as drug traffic, human trafficking, and opioid addictions. I'm sure we could get a long list. But in spite of all that, Christmas is coming. We're celebrating the second Sunday in Advent. It's coming, but for those of us who live in the Middle East, all talk of peace and goodwill seems to be little more than empty rhetoric. Christmas is coming. But we're here at the second Sunday in Advent, which reminds us that the FBI says that every 54 seconds a violent crime occurs in this nation. We don't have to look too far beyond the Memphis area, do we? A robbery occurs every other minute. 
and another woman is violated by rape every 17 minutes. But Christmas is coming. We want to hear the good stuff that makes us feel good. Some people have said, we don't want anything sad. We don't want to be reminded of the things that are broken. But you know what? We cannot pretty up God's Christmas greeting. We can't make it so pretty that we overlook and miss the real reason why Christ came into our broken world. Do you think the world is perfect as it is? Christ came as the fulfillment of Isaiah's vision of a whole new order. Christ came to change both the hearts of humankind and society in which we live. Christ came to call us to repentance and to turn us away from the lesser gods. And we know the lesser gods, those who dwell the highest in our hearts and soul over Jesus Christ, the God of money, the God of things, the God of prestige. These are the gods that have usurped the place of the living God on the throne of our hearts. And it's time to shake them loose this morning. That's the real hope that God has always offered to a world in the midst of our hearts. And you've heard it said, it just doesn't have to be that way. That's the real hope that God has always offered us in the midst of all this despair. It's a hope that calls us into this Advent season to get ready for the King is coming. But like the Hebrews of old, we can dismiss this hope as something in the far distance future. It's so way out off, it, it won't even matter, it won't bother me, I don't have to change. We look at it sometimes as that new branch that's referenced, a new branch that will take years and years to grow into strong and powerful limbs. So, so what are we to do while we wait? What are we to do? How can we live in peace? Are you living in peace in your own home? Are you living in peace in your community? Are you living in peace in this church? Are you living in peace? So what are we to do with ourselves? What are we to do when we're around each other with this bundle of contradictions where we know there's a beast, with this combination of wolf and lamb. What are we supposed to do with that? Well, Isaiah gave us other contradictions. He gave us contradictions involving the wolf and the lamb, the leopard and the goat, the calf and the lion, lying down together, which says peace can, will, and does happen. We don't have to wait for the Lord to come. See, there should be no more hurting, no more harming, no more violence or death. That's peaceful joy in our hearts. Humankind and the beast dwelling in harmony, that's how we all should look. But the way we identify with the times that we are living in and this age to come, we identify with the materialism and our own achievements and power. We say life is good. Living in this house, I can go take 
this trip and living in this community and I have so many titles, even I get impressed sometimes. <laughs> Achievement, power, things take precedent over others. And you know what? We also then try to rationalize why we can be that way. Because you know what? When I come to church, I'm always praying and believing that there's going to be a greater prosperity. That I'm going to get a financial blessing that's going to get me out of the bind I'm in. And you know what? Because I care about others, I'm going to pray for more government services. Then I'm going to pray for no unemployment and more of the good life for everyone without giving much thought at all to the chaos, the stress, and the confusion that may sometimes cloud our interactions and compassion for one another. See, when we act like this and pray for things like this, it takes us out of the center, doesn't it? It lets us off the hook. Hey, there's nobody unemployed. They got the little government service. Leave me alone. I'm over here with me and mine. It doesn't have to be that way. But Isaiah's vision of justice and peace is much more than some human effort to reorder the society. For we are told in our text that the Messiah comes first of all to restore the helpless and meek of this earth to their proper place in society. The meek and helpless of the earth are not supposed to be at what we call the bottom of the social strata system. We did that. We do that. Coming to write that. And the Messiah will not be influenced or swayed by our earthly standards and judgment will not be swayed by outward evidences. We can, we can trick people all the time. We come here looking so good, smiling, every hair, everything's in place, and we're crying and yelling on the inside. But you see, the Messiah is going to be different from us. The Messiah will judge in righteousness and equity, making the straight in society that has already been made crooked and restoring rights to the oppressed and safety and security to the weak. And this is something that we should shout hallelujah because this is what the Lord had planned for us. It is based on not only on changing the structures of society, but on changing human hearts. That's where we start, changing human hearts so that they will be full, and this is from scripture, full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. So you see, the Lord's Advent message and certainly his Christmas message have always been about peace on earth and goodwill among people, but it finds its beginning in Jesus' demand that we seek first the kingdom of what? Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all things will be added. But our difficulty in trying to grab hold of Isaiah's vision of peace may rest in the misunderstanding of what the peace of God really is. 
It's not based on things. It's not based on having others subservient. This peaceful kingdom is the fruit that the shoot of Jesse will bring. Creation itself will be brought back into the right order. Life will be lived the way it was meant to be. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Only through yielding ourselves to Jesus Christ, yielding, getting rid of our pride, yielding to Jesus can we be fundamentally changed in our hearts. And as Christians, we have a challenge. Our desire and efforts to practice peace need to be rooted in our faith and our relationship with God and not with what we have and what titles we have or maybe what school or church we go to. If our efforts to practice peace are cut off from the roots, they will most likely quickly wither and we'll keep getting the same thing that we have right now. These practices then become so misguided and so destructive that we stay in the perpetual cycle of brokenness and oppression. So when we repent of sin and claim Jesus, Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord of our life, his Holy Spirit begins to guide us and restrain the ugliness inside of us and allows us to unleash that good person, that angel. You do have a lamb in you. So in this Advent season, we not only are called to look backward to the birth of Jesus, but we look forward with high anticipation of his coming again. So we still hope for a time, and I pray you do, when justice and righteousness will turn enmity into friendship, strife into harmony, and brokenness into wholeness in our world. It does not have to be that way. And this is exactly what Charlie Brown was speaking of earlier in the story. He was saying this before Lucy, who I believe represents the world, tried to silence him by clucking him on the head. She did that because she didn't want to hear it. How many times do people leave and walk away from your conversation because they don't want to hear it? Do you ever speak that kind of peace where people just want to walk away from you? Do you want to hear it yourself, the author of peace? Peaceful joy. Do you believe that you can have peaceful joy? Well, then I have to ask the question, do you believe in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Because if you do, we can have that peaceful joy. And when we get it, we'll know it. Because I know we sing joy to the world, but there will be such a singing of joy to the world that everybody will shout, joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let heaven and nature sing. I don't know about you. That gives me goosebumps. You know why? That's peaceful joy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.